confess that he is Lord. If you believe it, say amen this morning. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Wow. It's him we celebrate today, the Sunday before Christmas. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want you to take your Bibles, look in Luke chapter number 2. Um, we're going to be spending most of our time there, but we'll be looking at other places as well today. Let me ask you a question before we get started. Do you ever feel insignificant? Do you ever feel small? Do you ever feel maybe like you don't measure up to the standard of someone else, of what someone else may be or may not be? You just feel as though you don't measure up. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been there from time to time. Parents, do you ever feel like maybe you don't measure up to the standard of other mothers and fathers? Maybe that you somehow are not the mama or the daddy that you need to be. I, I got to be honest with you, sometimes I feel that way. Professionally in your life, whatever career you have, whatever job you have, do you ever feel as though maybe you don't measure up, that you don't, uh, you're insignificant, you're small. Maybe you had plans of being further along at this point in your life than what you actually are. And you're looking around at everybody else, and it seems like they're just clicking right along with what's going on with them and their, their job, their career professionally. And it seems like maybe you, uh, not so much. And you feel somehow like you are insignificant. Maybe that you are small. Maybe that you don't measure up. What about spiritually speaking? Have you ever felt like you're insignificant, you're small, maybe like you don't measure up? I think that uh, that has been the case for me, maybe for you as well. I, I love Casting Crowns. They're one of my favorite groups. And they sing a, call, a song called The Stained Glass Masquerade. It's one of my favorite songs that they sing. Let me read to you just a portion of it. He asked the question, Am I the only one who fails? Am I the only one who falls? Am I the only one in church today that's feeling so small? You ever ask yourself that question? That's what else he says. Because when I take a look around and everybody else seems so strong. I, I love how he puts that. He says, I've got struggles and I've got problems. And man, I'm, I, sometimes I get discouraged and sometimes I walk through depression. And we, we have all of this stuff that happens in our lives. And we look around everybody else and it seems as though everybody else got it all figured out. And they're so strong. And he says, am I the only one in church today that's feeling so small? See, spiritually, I think a lot of times we get to the place in our life uh, when we somehow feel like we're insignificant, we're small, maybe we don't measure up. Now, if that's you, I've got some fantastic news for you today. I want to give you two truths that you need to get a hold of this morning. First of all, your standard is not anyone else. You don't have to look at anybody else and compare yourself to them. Parents, moms, dads, you don't have to look at anybody else and say, am I measuring up to what they're doing? Is my kids turning out what I want, how I want them to turn out? And, is it, and, and you don't have to look at anybody else and say, am I measuring up to their standard? Because you know what? They are not your standard. Their journey is their journey. Your journey is your journey. See, God has not called you to be anybody else. Uh, whether that's in your parenting or spiritually or in your job professionally. Listen, you don't have to look at anybody else. Their journey is their journey. Your journey is your journey. And let me tell you something that God has shown me. God has saved me to be me full of Jesus. And child of God, your mission, your goal is what God has saved you for is to be you full of Jesus. 
That's how you're going to make a, a, a difference in the world that you live in. That's how you're going to make a difference in your family, in your workplace, in your church, wherever you go. You be you full of Jesus. For me, listen, it's very easy for a pastor to feel like maybe they don't measure up because pastors love the Word of God. And because I love the Word of God, let me tell you something that I try to do daily. I try to listen to the preaching of the Word of God on a daily basis for, for several reasons. First of all, because I need the truth just like everybody else needs the truth. Can you say amen to that? I love preaching the Word of God. I'd rather preach than eat when I was hungry. That, I know that's what God is called me to and I enjoy it and I love it and it fulfills the purpose God has put in my life, put in my heart, deep down in my soul and understand what Jeremiah said when he said that uh, it, the, the word of God was like a burning flame on the inside of him that he just had to share with everybody else. It burned deep down in his bones. I know what he's saying there. But I also know that as a pastor, I also want to hear the preaching of the word. I need it. I'm all the time giving God's word, but I like to receive God's word. And so I listen daily to some type of preaching, but it encourages me, it strengthens me, it helps me to live out the life that God has called me to live by his power. And so I try to do that daily. But you know what? When I, when I hear people like Adrian Rogers, some of my favorites, and, and people like David Jeremiah, and people like Chuck Swindoll, and people like uh, uh, Vance Pittman, some of my favorite preachers, it's easy sometimes to think, man, I'm never going to measure up to those guys. But you know what? That's okay. Because God has not saved me to be Adrian Rogers. God has not saved me to be David Jeremiah. God has not saved me to be any of those guys. Even though I respect them and love them greatly. Listen, God has saved me to be me full of Jesus. And God has saved you to be you full of Jesus. So you need to understand and realize nobody else is your standard. You walk the path God has called you to walk. You fulfill the plan God has for your life. Because I can promise you he has one. You be submissive to the will of the Holy Spirit. You allow God to lead God and direct you. And you don't have to look at what anybody else is doing. They are not your standard. So if you feel like you don't measure up, remember that. If you feel insignificant, if you feel small, you remember that. Now, number two, I want you to get, the, get a hold of this. If you feel today as though you are insignificant, you're small, you don't measure up, you are a prime candidate for God to do great things with. I'm telling you, God can and God will use you. God wants to use you. So, brother, how do you know that? Well, I know that because I've read the Christmas story. And as I read the Christmas story, I see that God uses insignificant, small, listen to me, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. How many of you know I believe that Probably the single greatest event that's ever happened uh, up to this point in human history, folks, is the first advent of Jesus. The first time Jesus came to this world. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He came to fulfill God's plan and do for us what we cannot do as a baby born to a virgin. Listen, God became a man to die for men. That is the single greatest event that has happened yet. And God used small, insignificant people to do extraordinary things. You don't have to look any further than Mary herself. We see in the Bible that Mary was just a 
regular person. Mary was from an insignificant place. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 and uh, down in verse number 26 that she came from a town called Nazareth. This was a nowhere place, out in the middle of nowhere with about maybe one to 200 people in its total population. Nazareth was not the home of the great university. See, that was over in Jerusalem. Nazareth was not the home of the temple. The temple was the central place for the Jewish people to worship God. That was not in Nazareth. That was in Jerusalem. Uh, Nazareth was not a place of power. See, in that day, the Roman Empire ruled the known world. And so it would just make sense if we were writing the Christmas story that if God was going to be become a man that listen he would not become a man to born to a woman of Nazareth a place that was very insignificant a person that was very insignificant listen we would have probably wrote it that he would have been born to a lady in Jerusalem or born to a lady in Rome but no God chose Mary from Nazareth a insignificant person in the grand scheme of things in a very insignificant place God chose her to bring his son into the world. Wow. Well, if God did that for Mary, a small, insignificant person from an insignificant place, can God not as well do that for us? He can take regular, ordinary, everyday people and do extraordinary things with them. I know that, hey, listen, we may be challenged a little bit here um, as a church body in our location. Uh, that that uh, we're, we're kind of off the beaten path a little bit. But how many of you know, listen, it don't matter where you are, God can do great things in and through you if you allow Him to. If He can do it for a woman in Nazareth, how many know He can do it for Mount Zion Baptist Church? He can do great things in us. He can do great things with us. He can do great things for us if we will only be submissive to His will, just like Mary was. Not only was she an insignificant person from an insignificant place, but she was, listen to me, engaged to an insignificant man. The Bible says in the very next verse, Luke 1, that she was engaged or espoused to a man named Joseph. And we know Joseph. He was not a learned man. He had not been to the finest universities. He was not a member of the political hierarchy of the day among the Jewish people. He was not a Pharisee or a Sadducee or among some of the high priests. No, Joseph was just a carpenter, we learned from Scripture. He was just a regular, blue-collar, ordinary guy that God chose to raise up his son. Isn't that amazing? Again, if we were writing the story, we would have probably caused Jesus to have been born in Jerusalem and be raised uh, by some of the um, upper class of the Jewish nation, but that's not how God does things. How I many know oh, God does not look at the outward appearance? God does not see as a man sees, but God looks at the heart. So if you feel insignificant, if you feel as though you don't measure up, you are a prime candidate for God to do something fantastic with. Why did he use Mary? I believe we find the answer to that in Luke chapter 1. Look down at verse number 46. And Mary said, My soul doeth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Watch this now. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. And for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. What's Mary say concerning herself? She says that she has a low estate. She's just a humble person. How many of you know God still uses humble people? 
If you want God to use you, an ordinary person from an ordinary place, if you want God to do great things in your life through you as a child of God, let me tell you the first step. You need to get humble. You need to realize, listen, without Christ, I am nothing. Without Christ, I can do nothing. But you also need to realize, through Christ, we can do all things. You need to realize, just like Jesus said in John chapter 15, He said that in me you shall bear much fruit if you abide in Christ. But He also goes on to say, for without me you can do nothing. Folks, I can do nothing. You can do nothing. We as a church can do nothing. But in Christ, all things are possible. Humble yourself. For the Bible says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I need God's grace. God's grace is undeserved favor. I need it. If I'm going to be the father He's called me to be to my kids, I need God's grace. If I'm going to be the husband, God's called me to be to my wife, I need God's grace. If I'm going to be the pastor, God's called me to be to this church, I need God's grace. If I'm going to be the witness, God's called me to be in this world, I need God's grace. If I'm going to be what God has saved me to be, I need God's grace daily. And I'm glad to tell you this morning that God's grace is sufficient for all of us. But He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Mary said, you have regarded my humble estate. And because of what you're going to do in me and through me, all the world shall forever call me blessed. And 2,000 years later, we're still talking about this humble lady, humble young woman from an insignificant place called Nazareth that gave birth to our Lord and Savior. He takes regular people and does extraordinary things with them. Not only did he use Mary and jo Joseph, insignificant people from an insignificant place. Let me say something else to you. He made the announcement of the birth of his son through the angelic choir to a bunch of insignificant people. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 2, turn there with me. Down in verse number 8, the Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Who is the shepherd? The shepherd in that day were considered outcasts in society. They kept the sheep through the night. They slept there with the sheep. They stayed with the sheep wherever they went. And it was through their job that they were considered under the law as ceremonially unclean. That's a big deal for the Jew. I don't have time to go much further on that this morning, but I need you to know they were considered the outcast. They were on the lowest rung of the social ladder of that day. But when God made the announcement of the birth of His Son, that's who He comes to. Look what the Bible says. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So when God came to announce through the angels that His Son had been born, He came to the ones, the lowest of the Low, the ones on the lowest rung of the social ladder, the shepherds, the outcasts. It just makes sense that God would make the announcement to the shepherds because how many of you know Jesus, His Son, came to be the good shepherd for all people? 
came to save the lost sheep. He came to save people like me, people like you, and to lead us, the Bible says, as the good shepherd to eternal life in green pastures. So it just makes sense that he would come to the shepherd. God used insignificant people from insignificant places and listen announced to insignificant people in the insignificant place of Bethlehem <laughs> that his son was born you see it all throughout the story of Christmas God used a regular man to raise up his son born to a regular woman for he came to die for regular people Regular people like you. Regular people like me. Isn't God good? So if you feel insignificant, you need to understand you are a prime candidate for God to do great things with. Just like he did with Mary. Just like he did with Joseph. Just like he did with the shepherds. If he can do it for them, he can do it for us. That's my message today. It's short and sweet, I know, but we're going to get on with our communion service at this time. Let me tell you what I want to do before we do that, though. I love Dr. Tony Evans. He's one of my favorite preachers. And he says he loves communion, for communion is a great time to get clean. And he's right. 